Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we're back. Another episode for the Swampies. Because you can't stop us. You can't stop the boys. You can't. You just can't. And you know the boys bring the noise. <laughs> the ruckus. We bring the ruckus. If you got beef, then bring the ruckus. That's right. Two dudes. Movie reviews ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> I didn't want to say two dudes clan because I feel like it'd be wildly inappropriate considering the episode we're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. See, I thought you were gonna start the episode up with uh with your your best Fred Hampton impression. Because you were doing it before we started. Yeah, but I feel like that <laughs> might be something I don't want on record. <laughs> 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 but then I could have been like, I am a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> I am a podcaster. <laughs> it doesn't ring. It doesn't ring nearly the same. Oh. I podcast for the people because I love the people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We do love you filthy pieces of shit swampies. Yeah, we do. I don't know why. Don't know why. <laughs> we do uh, all the legwork in this relationship. This is such a one-sided relationship. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. The more yeah, I we're think busting about our it. humps, and we're <laughs> humping until we bust. <laughs> Damn, this is gold from you. It's like three minutes of pure gold. Yeah, I'm on fire. I've been up since five a.m. I'm on my second cup of coffee. It's yeah. only ten o'clock in the morning right now when we're recording. I'm actually drinking a coffee right now, which is rare, which guarantees that I will be shitting at some point soon. Oh, dude, we were on the call before, like, kind of setting up our plans for the day. We're recording a couple episodes this morning, and I was like, all right, you got to pop off an email. Let me go use the bathroom. That was, like, my second shit this morning because of all the <laughs> fucking coffee. <laughs> I realized because I always test my audio now before we start recording because my driver decided to freak out on a couple occasions so now i'm just extra careful but i realize every time i check my mic i never say like mic check or like testing one two like a normal person like i'm always like i'm gonna shit my pants i'm gonna shit my pants <laughs> and it's just nonsense and then i listen back to myself that like doing that i'm like cool <laughs> it works do you save those? That'd be a fun super cut. <laughs> I should. I I usually just throw them right in my uh my trash. Throw them right in the trash where I belong. Yeah, probably where most of these episodes belong, honestly. Who knows? <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say cuz the Swampies, you know, 
if you want us to know how you feel, then you should be writing more reviews, honestly. We know yeah. there's a lot of you out there, and there's not nearly enough written reviews on Apple to uh, match the amount of listeners we have. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Our um our hosting platform like finally updated their analytics and now we get like a a much better and broader scope of our audience and first we were like holy shit this is fucking awesome and then it's like also breaks it down by device and it's like 71% of these people are listening on an iPhone. I was like motherfuckers. <laughs> These motherfuckers aren't writing reviews. We're talking directly to them. You're listening to us on the thing that you need to write the review. It takes two seconds. Go down, give us five fucking stars, you stupid ape, and then just write like three words. This podcast slaps. End of day. Like, that's all you got to do. It takes two minutes, and then we're going to... You might get a a free t-shirt. What's so hard about that? Yeah, I don't know. Let's get angry. Let's Joke's get on you face. guys now. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send. One person's gonna get a free T-shirt. Everyone else is gonna get a box with a turd in it. <laughs> Everyone else is getting a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back style. We are gonna go go down, beat up every last one of you fucks who. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny because we're be punishing the people who wrote us a review, not even the people who didn't write us a review. <laughs> yeah, because that'd be the only way we'd know how to find people. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. the people who actually did what we asked. They'd be or like, "Why just, are you doing this to me?" Or you just savagely beat up every person you come into contact with because you just assume they didn't review your podcast. I mean, more likely than not, most people I see during the day did not review my podcast. Oh, really? See, I think the opposite. I walk down the street and I'm like. That guy definitely reviewed my podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> Got enough hubris for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> that that's all we need. At least at least one of us is is looking at things on the uh, on the brighter side. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've I I'm I'm fine seeing things on the bright side. I think I'm just a realist and like I know that only about half the people I see during the day are swampies and love the podcast. Yeah. Um that's why I, that's why I wear this crazy getup when I go out and like, cause you would think the surgical mask thing would be enough, but like people still know it's me, man. And it's mm-hmm. just like, dude, I'm just trying to like get some groceries and go home. You know, it's hard. Like I'm, you know, I gotta, what, I gotta bring a backpack full of Sharpies just so I could sign all these titties. <laughs> yeah. Like now, like so when I'm at the grocery store. How many store? boobs do I need to sign? <laughs> yeah. Before I can catch a fucking break in this town. <laughs> I usually sign people's assholes and make the asshole the O in Colin. Oh, see, that's perfect. That's that's really good. That's really good. Um, <laughs> oh, good stuff, man. <laughs> that's that's perfect. <laughs> see, I do um, I do sky like right on the pubic mound of the gentleman, and then I do the S, and then the K, like the legs of the K. I kind of make like a teepee over the shaft, mm-hmm. like the root of the shaft, you know. And then, um, and then I finish it, but it's like nice and centered. And so many times guys are just like, Oh my God, I'm gonna go to my tattoo guy right now and have this like tattooed on me. And I'm like, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time, but dude, quick question. I do not want to get into it right now. Maybe, maybe we'll save this for banter for our next episode, mm-hmm. but have you been keeping up with WandaVision? Cause the day we're recording this, they released the finale. So I haven't watched the finale. Um, I'm going to watch the finale tonight at the very latest tomorrow, but 
up until then, I'm caught up. Like, I watched the last episode right before the finale. Nice. So, something we talked about when we first watched, like, those those initial two episodes they dropped on the same day mm-hmm. was, like, oh, I'm interested to see, like, when it pops off, blah, 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 how things are revealed. Without any spoilers for the show, like, how do you feel about its development now that you've seen, like, the second to last episode or we're about to go into the finale? Like, how do you feel about all, like, the revelations and what we've seen so far? I feel like I'll have a much better opinion after I watch the final episode because definitely compared to the the first two, three episodes, I like basically once episode four came around, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this. Like once you start figuring out what's going on and stuff. Yeah. And I, f- and I feel like four and five, like episodes four, five and maybe six, they like were at like the peak and then the last two that I watched, I wasn't too into. Like, I was enjoying them, but just felt like we were getting a lot. And then at least the last episode that I watched was really the one where it just kind of, like, goes through the backstories. And then you get, like, a, a banger of a line right at the end. Yeah. So the way I feel right now is, like, I've enjoyed this show. You know, I, I think what they've done is really cool. But I'm still expecting there to be, like a like, a like a big ending, something that's going to make me feel like it's going to be impactful over the whole universe. Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically how I feel. But I, I do enjoy the show a lot. Like I've said this before, it's hard for me to like keep up with a show that's like going on. I usually just like binge shows after the fact. I'm, I'm not even caught up on The Mandalorian. You know how much I like Star Wars, but th- I've kept up with this. Like I've watched every episode either on the day it drops or the day after. Nice. Yeah, I watched it at the like... Like I said, I was up it's 5 a.m. I got up, I like moseyed a little bit, made coffee, and then I sat on the couch and I watched that like first thing and I was like, nice. <laughs> it's no spoilers. So I won't I won't talk about it too much, but um it's some really deep pull comic book stuff that even I'm not a hundred percent familiar with. Like I had to do some research. Like it's yeah, there it's some things that I don't think your average like regular um especially like Marvel like if you only know Marvel through the MCU, then you're not gonna know what the fuck they're really talking like you're not gonna understand the depth of what they're telling you or just how how insane certain things are or just what implications they have. So like the last episode got me crazy excited for Dr. Strange too. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. I'm so fucking hyped for Dr. Strange too. Like it's, it, it's set up something that is just like, Oh fuck. Like this is like game changer, like world ending, like multiverse collapsing level insanity could potentially be on the horizon so that's all i'll say about it okay well well that's cool because i i did want it to feel like there was a a big event from this like it what one of my complaints about the mandalorian is just that i wanted it to connect more into the like the star wars world um and like yeah maybe even the movies over but like i just wanted it to to give like give you some stuff that like you would appreciate and maybe like rich in the movies that you've watched before mm-hmm. and I have not watched the second season. I know that they pull like some characters from the the movies and that, but um, the first season was just very episodic. Like it was every episode was just like its own thing. 
And it just seemed yeah, like they were just isolated. like calling call back to like, oh, remember this thing from the movie? Oh, remember this? Like, that's cool. But like, I'm happy that it sounds like Wanda is actually going to be like a big event, which is what I was hoping. And if it's part of the multi, like if, it's, if they're expanding the multiverse and all that, I'm here for it because um, I mean, I guess we can say it now because it's like five episodes past. But um, when Evan Peters showed up, I was all about it. I was like, that is fucking awesome. And um, dude, chills gave me chills. I was like, holy fuck. What the fuck is happening now? Yeah. When he showed up, I was so into it. And then I was like, yo, like this could mean like they pulled him from another, another universe. Like that. This is maybe how they introduce X-Men. Like I was just like super stoked. Cause I was, you know, oh, dude, they're, they're going to, they're going to start pulling people. Did you notice the, the not so subtle reference in not the episode that he shows up in, but the next one, the Halloween episode. The ho- are you talking about Kick Ass? Yeah, when the when like the, the kids are just like they're like, oh, Kick Ass, and they run off, and then she's just like, Kick Ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Like, it's so simple and like kind of juvenile, but it 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 like got me super. St- I was like, that's awesome. I'm like that such like a nerdy like. It's like. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the younger generation who may not be as familiar with Kick-Ass wouldn't fully pick up on that. Yeah. But I thought that that was such like a like a funny little nod to mm-hmm. like Aaron Taylor Johnson and mm-hmm. just the whole situation surrounding like the characters and stuff. Yeah. He's in Kick-Ass too, Evan Peters. Right. Yeah. But I just but thought, I, that, I thought it was funny that like they're both in that movie but like Aaron Taylor Johnson is the one who is yeah. the MCU's Quicksilver, <laughs> but he was the one who played Kick-Ass, but Evan Peters was in Kick-Ass, but he's not the MCU's Quicksilver, but now he's in this as Quicksilver. It's such yeah. like a weird like wrinkle. I'm like so happy they acknowledged that. And it's a comic book from a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, not even like a universe. It's just a completely different comic. Yeah. I, um... I... I, I appreciated that. What I was just going to say about Evan Peters, though, like a couple episodes later when you kind of get um, when it's revealed who the villain is, it sounds like unless in the final episodes there's clarity on it, it sounds like she just like manifested him like that. That's he's not actually uh, from a different dimension or ever. Like it's it's not really her brother. I don't know. Mm. But like that bummed me out because I was just like, oh, one, I guess we're not getting Evan Peters in the MCU. And then two, like maybe they're not pulling people from other dimensions. So like that was partially why that episode bummed me out. And then the episode like after that was basically just like your backstory and you got a cool part at the end. But, but like, like you're saying, if you're saying that they're pulling, if this is multiverse shit then I'm, I'm here for it. I'm cool with it. Well, we'll talk about it when that time comes, but okay. the, yeah, they're it. Yeah. I don't want to say anything because I want you to be able to watch it. I definitely don't want to spoil it for the Swampies if they haven't seen it because this episode is going to be coming out like only a week or a week and a half after that episode dropped. So, yeah. like, yeah, I want to let people have the opportunity to see it. But we, I think it's, you know, we don't usually talk TV on this show because we, we're a movie podcast. But because this is an MCU show and it's going to have direct impact on the movies. I think it would be an interesting conversation. You know your boy's always got theories about what's to come, and you know your boy has gone off crazy, popped off crazy, even before, like, Infinity War, to you about 
how important of a movie Doctor Strange is because of the cosmic and mystical implications of that movie and of introducing certain characters and themes. And that's why, like, I'm a huge proponent of, like, it's one of the most important movies in the MCU, even if it's not necessarily the best. I think it is one of the most important because of what what doors it opens. And then WandaVision, like, if, if Doctor Strange pushed open the door, WandaVision blew the walls down. Oh, cool. All right, awesome. Yeah, so get ready for that. But speaking of superheroes, Trailer Park. Speaking of superheroes, Trailer Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting real lazy with the throws. <laughs> Man, well, what are we talking? Well, what uh, what better way to to move on from the MCU than talking about the uh, inbred <laughs> fucking distant cousin that is the DCEU because we are just weeks away from the um, self-proclaimed god of comic book movies, Zack the, the Max Snyder, <laughs> yeah. finally releasing the, the friggin' Snyder Cut. Yeah, after like how many years and how many changes and everything about it? Because I felt like we got like news about it every, almost every like couple months. And they're just like, oh, like now this is going to be in no. it. Now this is going to be in it. But uh, it's like every week. It's so fucking obnoxious. Yeah, it's it is. But <laughs> we uh we talked about this briefly when um when DC uh, had their. I don't even know what it was. Their big showcase of everything, and they they dropped the trailer for the Batman. We were losing our shit on that. We talked about they put out like basically the teaser for this then, and it was just the teaser. But neither of us were overly impressed. I think we both thought it looked bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean playing Hallelujah and just all this stuff. But uh, now we actually have the trailer. And the official trailer, yeah, the, yeah, the official trailer. And, um, I don't know, do you want to just get in? I mean, it's a movie that's already come out, so there's not a ton that we can really talk about. So, do you want to just watch it? Yeah, this is one we've we've talked about a little bit already, so we'll watch this new one. All right, oh. He looked constipated as fuck. Mm. We're already seeing that dark. Can't can't tell what anything is. Zack Snyder aesthetic, that super contrasty. Mm-hmm. Fucking whatever kind of bullshit color grading. This right here is peak. Almost like a premonition. Snyder, that orange. Yeah, I hate that. Like there's an attack coming. Look at it, it's in like every scene. Yeah, there's dark side. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. <laughs> 
Oh, this is gonna be slow mo city. Yeah. Find out what that reason is. They said the age of heroes will never come again. Your favorite Joker! <laughs> and he confirmed, we do live in a society. I want to ask you this, because I'm not up on that that joke. Was that a joke that came out after Justice League? Like, Because I know that's that's from a meme. It's a meme that came out after Joker. That's Joaquin what I Phoenix. thought. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. And that line isn't killing it for me, but I feel like that line, in a sense, is almost just like a microcosm of how I feel about this. That's a joke that came out after the Justice League movie came out. But this movie is, quote unquote, his original vision. So his original vision for the movie was to include jokes that came out after he wrote the movie. Yeah, four years later. Like, like this is not his original vision. This is like he had time to think about it and change it and stuff like that. So I don't want to hear the Joss Whedon fucked up Justice League bullshit. Like, this is... This is almost, in a sense, like, oh, I'm getting a retry. This is that bullshit of, like, George Lucas being like, I always meant to have a big fucking alien literally walk in front of camera, block your line of sight of our main characters entering a building. I always meant to do that, even though, in terms of camera blocking, it makes absolutely no sense. It's nowhere in the original script that that would be happening anyways. It's like, bro, shut the fuck up and just admit that you got cut a goddamn paycheck to add some stupid goofy aliens into your fucking <laughs> classic movie, and you ruined it because you sold your fucking soul. You're not fooling us. I mean, I apparently apparently you are fooling us because everybody's like, oh, Zack Snyder! Oh, oh, Snyder Cut's gonna be amazing! <laughs> I think, fucking uh, idiots. I, I mean I wouldn't even, I would not be surprised if this is if this is better than Justice League. I I don't think it's going to be amazing just because like I don't like Zack Snyder's films. I've said it before. The only one of his films that I enjoy is Watchmen and he had mm-hmm. phenomenal source material, so it'd have been hard to fuck that up. So, I don't particularly have a lot of faith in this being like excellent. I don't know. I hear people blowing their load over it saying that this is going to be like dark knight level amazing and uh no way i think it's it can't because that movie has good story and character development whereas none of none of his movies have proven to me that that's going to be the case with again with the exception of watchmen but one of the biggest problems with justice league as a whole was you're having a team-up movie 
where the only characters who had solo movies were two of them. Mm-hmm. Or did Wonder Wonder Woman came out after Justice League, didn't it? Because she was introduced in in Batman v Superman, and then it was Justice League, and then was Wonder Woman. Because wasn't Wonder Woman two thousand eighteen? No, I think Wonder Woman came out before this, if I'm not mistaken. Still, you didn't have a Flash or Cyborg movie, yeah, or Aquaman. I'm trying to remember. They came out both in in the same year, I think. But I think Wonder Woman came out first. Oh, okay. Regardless, yeah, like there's no Flash. There wasn't an Aquaman movie at the time. There wasn't a cyborg movie. Or so. even an introduction to those characters. Like Hey, there was emails. Besides just showing them on a on a computer screen in yeah. a fucking Google share file. Yeah, I that's that's the big thing. I mean, apparently this thing's gonna be like over four hours long, so I guess that's where your development for the characters is coming from. But uh, You really think you're gonna get development for the characters in that four hours? No, you're gonna get slow motion, you're gonna get here's the thing. I think this movie can be good if you are not looking for anything regarding characters or story. So if you're just a simple-minded fucking idiot who wants to see, like, slow motion and sepia-toned, blurry action scenes of CGI monsters fighting each other, and you just want, like, the kind of turn-your-brain-off action shit, then you're going to be fine, you mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragger, DC fuckboy. Like, you're going to love it, and you're going to think it's the best thing ever because it takes literally just those two brain cells you have rubbing against each other to enjoy something this stupid. So, yeah, it's going to be great for you. Also, what is this going to do for the greater DCEU? Like, what does revisiting this movie really do for expanding this movie universe? Like, what the fuck? Like, what is the point? I don't think it's going to do anything for expanding it. Other than the fact, like, we talked about it before. Justice League should have been good. You know, that's their Avengers. If they had taken the time and care to do what Marvel did and actually set up all the characters, this movie should have been really good. I think it's almost like a black spot on the DCEU or just, like, I don't know if it's Warner Brothers in general or whatever, but, like, it, it definitely looks bad that your centerpiece movie for your entire universe is not good. Like, I feel like this is them basically being, like, we have to, like make this better like this it can't stay like that which i think is stupid like has this ever really happened where like a movie's gotten this much of a rework that was like a huge blockbuster when it came out like i mean you talk about star wars but all the things in star wars are like little one minute sections that they add maybe like five of them in the old movies and they're see like oh i always wanted this to be like this is like an additional two and a half hours onto the movie <laughs> like yeah this is new story like those those star wars things weren't changing lore they were just adding design basically and aesthetic things but like this is altering storylines yeah the reason that i think this is going to be like i'm hoping that it's going to be enjoyable is because like how how bad does it look if after all this time and, you know, I'm assuming this has gotten approved by lots of different people. Like, I, I'm, it's not a, it says Zack Snyder's Justice League, but, like, I'm sure Zack Snyder had to, like, come up with everything and then go to, like, DC and Warner Brothers and be like, this is what I want to do and get it approved. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, this can't get fucked up. So I would be surprised if this is as bad as the original. Like, I, I do think this is going to be an improvement on the original. That runtime is probably going to kill me, but... but <laughs> I would I would be surprised if this is bad. I don't think this is going to be a phenomenal, excellent, a masterpiece, but I do have a feeling that this is going to be like that was a passable movie. 
albeit four and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, dude, that runtime is fucking terrifying. And like for me, Endgame, they spent 10 years and 20 movies building characters and developing everybody and developing the story to earn a three hour plus runtime. And then they're just going for like this four and a half. And like the first justice league had the whole problem of introducing these characters. Half of their fucking team didn't even have a movie before getting to the team up movie. And now like all of these reports of like these extra characters being added in, you're adding dark side Martian Manhunter, like, and you know, however many other fucking people. And like, I just don't trust Warner Brothers to care enough if it is good because they've already been proven that like they can make profits off of shit movies. So what do they care if these characters get story? Like, I just don't feel like whoever's overseeing the DC universe cares about the characters. And I don't know, like I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, um, Maybe I'm looking a little too bleak on it, or maybe I've just been like beaten over the head with too much Snyder Cut news for the past however many years since that fucking movie came out and they started the <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. But like, I'm just so fucking over it. And I just don't, I don't, tr- nothing has proven to me that it should be good. Like, maybe, maybe it would be better because it's whatever you get more action or whatever, but I'm not expecting good story and I'm not expecting any, any real character depth. Yeah. Is, is that confirmed? They, they put Martian Manhunter in, in this. That's where like one of the million of like, uh, reports on it or, Oh, okay. But who knows what's real and what's not at this point. I, I was, you know, just curious about that though, because one, I've said it before on the show. I don't like when movies add too many villains to this movie or to their movie. And, I'm getting a little bit worried about this movie falling into the trappings that like Wonder Woman 84 did, where you got too many characters being introduced that you want to give time to, and you're going to try to to do it, but not like there's going to be a lot of characters that still don't feel flushed out. That was the problem with Wonder Woman for me is that, you know, it was whatever it was over two hours long and you were trying to give like four characters the time of day, a few of them being completely new characters. And it just felt like nobody actually got the time. And in this, yeah, there's like three like villains. You're also adding the Joker to it. And also like, I don't want to like compare it to Marvel and do all that, but like you look at Endgame and you look at what makes Thanos like a really good character. And it's because he has an actual motivation where maybe you don't, agree with him but you're like i can understand why you would feel that way and that makes the character compelling don't know if there's going to be anything like that in this movie and then also just like this is a gripe that like for me just spans any movie but when it comes to like a cgi main character like i had a big Mm -hmm. problem with beauty and the beast with this you need your cgi character to be able to emote like you have to otherwise i'm not going to connect with them and Going back to Thanos, like if you take off the the nutsack chin on Thanos, he just has a human face. Like he just, <laughs> that's that's him. And uh, you know, yeah. You talk about like the it, Hulk it looks like stuff. Josh Brolin. Yeah, it looks like Josh Brolin. Mark Ruffalo looks like you know, or the Hulk looks like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I was gonna say the Mark Ruffalo looks like the Hulk. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I did think that was weird in Dark Waters how he was like so huge and green. Yeah, and he's wearing these purple ripped shorts. <laughs> he was drinking the yeah, water in that like, town. How can I help you? Your water's gil- killing you, man. <laughs> yeah, Hulk drink- smashed through these law files. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's going to be too much going on. And I, I actually do like, we've been shitting on this a lot. I do hope that this is good. I think we said that when we talked about it before, because things like five hours, not five hours, like four and a half hours or whatever it is. Like, I don't want to sit through some four and a half hour long movie. That's complete crap. Like, please let this be good or passable. And I'll, I'll you know, I'll be, I'll be very happy if, if it's good. I just, there's a lot of things going against it for me where I'm just like, I could 100% see this going south so quickly. Yeah. If we're going to sit and watch this, because I'm assuming we're going to do an episode on it because it's been so talked about for so many years, the Snyder Cut. How can we not when it comes out? I don't know if we'll count it as a 2021 movie because it is from like 2016 or 17, whatever. So like maybe it won't be in our duty rankings for next year, but it'll probably get an episode, I'm assuming. If we're going to watch this fucking thing for you people, I want 100 goddamn written reviews on Apple. Not like 100 right away, but like get us to 100. We're only like 40 away or something. So like just fucking do it. We're going to watch a four and a half hour bullshit CGI fuck fest by one of our least favorite directors you better fucking pay us for it. <laughs> I I agree. And real real quick, before, then we'll get off this. But like, I don't want to hear that we're like Marvel blowhards because if you if you go back and listen to our episodes, I feel like we're very fair when it comes to both DC and Marvel. And like Captain Marvel, everyone really liked. We really were like we weren't high on it. You know, Dark Phoenix and the New Mutants, even though they were like universally shit. Like we were like, yeah, these movies are donkey dick. And like Shazam, we really liked. Like we, uh, I think yeah. Shazam's one of my favorite DC movies, and we were like, yeah, this is a really good time. So I don't want to, I don't want to hear that shit. I think if you think that DC has been doing anything better than Marvel, I think you're kidding yourself. Like, just be a realistic. Yeah, I, maybe you like DC characters better, but you don't like those characters better because the movies did a good job developing the characters. You like those characters better because they're developed in the comic books. Mm -hmm. Or you just love Batman because he's had so many other better appearances. Yeah. Like, at least more development. Like, I don't hate Ben Affleck as Batman, but he's he hasn't been given enough opportunity to really shine as Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, uh, when I got back into, like, comics, when they did, like, the New 52 and, and Marvel Now and all that stuff, like, the majority of the comics that I was, like, loving were DC. I think, I do think that DC, like, when it comes to comics has, a few, like, a lot more, I don't know, th- there's just more that I think resonate with me, but the movie's not at all. Yeah, so I think people, like you said, need to be realistic about what they're fucking looking at, because they're looking at dog shit and trying to tell me it's solid gold, and I'm not fucking buying it. <laughs> You got to polish that turd, bro. <laughs> yeah, polish that turd up a little bit. Shit. Age of Ultron's not fucking amazing or anything, but at least Marvel's going back and adding depth to it by like, it's like they're making that movie more important now, like since like WandaVision, since Endgame and stuff like that. I feel like there's things in these other movies now that when you go back, you can appreciate Age of Ultron even more because of things that were established in that movie that are paying off now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how, that's how they do it. I was going to say, I don't really like Age of Ultron at all, but yeah, I do agree. Like 
They did the same thing. But they're adding they... value to the movie. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're making it so it is a absolute must watch for the MCU because, you know, Wanda and Vision are, are introduced in those. Um, wait, is Wanda in that? She's introduced in yeah, that? Or? She's, a, she's an Age Ultron. They did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, with, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah. They did the same thing with um, Thor 2, Dark World, uh, with Endgame. Yeah, So with Endgame going back. Hey, you got anything else left on this thing? Fuck no. Get me the fuck away from this movie. <laughs> I don't want to think about it until it's the time to watch it. Okay. I have been dying to talk about this movie, though. Like, this is one that, like, popped on my radar. I went to see Tenet for, like, the early access so I can see the Dune teaser. Mm-hmm. So, like, that teaser's fucking amazing. And I watched that in the theater, and I was like, dope. And then I think either right after it or maybe two movies after it, the trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah came on. And usually I don't do this. Like, it takes a lot for a trailer to, like, grab me that I'm like, I have to make note of this so I can bring it up to you. We can do a uh, trailer park on it or whatever. Or, like, get a trailer gets me excited. And, uh... The trailer, the first one for this movie was like, whoa, like grabs you by the fucking balls, like the sound design in it, the music in it. And then just like it starts showing you the cast. And I was like, holy fuck. Like I was really looking forward to this movie coming out. So I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked that we get to talk about it now. Yeah, me too. You you watched it at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I went to the theater actually and saw this um, and we'll, we'll get to my theater experience and all that. But uh, we were pretty stoked to see this movie. It also was kind of cool because uh, we did this trailer park uh, when we did our trial of the Chicago seven episode. It's kind of cool seeing that movie and then and then watching this because Fred Hampton is in both movies. And you kind of see these stories run parallel mm-hmm. a little bit. But yeah, I mean, when we did the trailer park talk, we're like, this movie looks like it's firing on all cylinders just from the trailer. But also, a lot of movies do look like that from their trailer, but like the cast is great. But if you're going to like pause for anything, it's the directing and writing just because like there's not a lot that you can really look at. Yeah. But Shaka King, he is the director and one of the writers. And really, like as far as feature films have gone, he's only done like one or two things. Newly Weeds being one of them. Um, Bill Berson, he's another writer. This is his feature film debut. And then the Lucas Brothers, you might know them from Lucas Brothers Moving Company. They're the other writers on this film. But yeah, like not like a ton. So like it's hard to, you know, look at the movie and be like, oh, this movie's going to be great because you have all this going for it. But the cast, man, I fucking love the cast. Even if this cast isn't like the most like star studded cast you've ever seen, like I really like a lot of people in this. And it's a lot of people who have been in movies that I've you know, really enjoyed from the last few years. Some of my favorites, but Daniel Kaluuya, he plays Fred Hampton. He, you know, he's in Bla- uh, Black Panther and Get Out and Sicario and uh, Queen and Slim. Lakeith Stanfield, he plays Bill O'Neill. Uh, he was in Uncut Gems and Knives Out last year. Sorry to bother you. Jesse Plemons, he plays Roy Mitchell. Uh, he was in The Irishman last year. And then he's in Game Night, which I think was a couple years ago, but I, he's actually my favorite part of Game Night. And and obviously Breaking Bad. Dominique Fishback, she plays Deborah mm. Johnson, Project Power from this year, and The Hate You Give. Ashton Sanders, he plays Jimmy Palmer. He was in Moonlight. Algie Smith, Jake Winners. He was in Detroit, which is one of my favorite movies from that year. Daryl Brett Gibson, he plays Bobby Rush. He was in Three Billboards, which is another one of my favorite movies from that year. And then Little Ray Howery, he plays Wayne. He was in Get Out. Dominique Thorne is Judy Harmon, and she was in If Bill Street Could Talk, which I don't I didn't know this, but do you know that they're making an Ironheart show? She's going to be in it. I think there was talk about that, but I, I didn't know she was going to be. Yeah, I think it's confirmed now. Really? Yeah. 
And very uh, cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I think that's way too far out to know anything about like where that could possibly go. Yeah, I agree. And then just last, uh, but not least, Martin Sheen. He plays J. Edward or J. Edgar Hoover, and obviously it's Martin Sheen, the Departed, the va- and the uh, vacuum guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, good throwback. Yeah, Home Alone 2, baby. Yeah, and Apocalypse Now. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know where exactly you want to start on this. I, I kind of had an idea of where to start, but is there anything that you really want to get to first? Dude, oh, man. Because for me, there's one thing that I, I just want to say because I feel like it's the first thing you got to say just because you got to. But then there's actually a point, <laughs> an actual point I want to make. Well, no, lay it on me. I want to I wanna know. I'm, I'm just going to say Daniel fucking Kalua, man. Oh, Right? He's amazing. Dude. He's fucking amazing. He's so goddamn good. I couldn't fucking believe it. He's, like, I mean, I should believe it. Like, we've seen him be great in things, but I feel like he's been good in so much. He's great in this. Like, this is, like, like we were talking about with the little things. You have, like, these three Oscar-winning actors giving performances that neither of us felt really stood out in their career like it they would that movie would never be like uh, oh if you love Denzel or you love Jared Leto or you love Rami Malek you gotta see them in this I think this is like a career defining role yeah he's I want to get to like all the acting and everything like a little bit later but that was just like I had to say it first because I was blown the fuck away when I saw it. it was just like whoa and then I I saw this with my brothers when they were visiting in Florida and uh like where it is like when the movie ended, my one brother like was just like Daniel Clue was fucking amazing, and then I was like, yeah, <laughs> he was really good. We've talked about it throughout the year how like I mean it's such a weird year with like the way movies have been releasing and how delayed certain movies are, and there was really no like quote unquote Oscar season until like this month basically. Like everything's getting dumped so that it can contend. Yeah, this is the first thing I've seen all year where I'm just like, that's a. I guess he would be supporting actor, right? Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't win, it's a fucking crime. No yeah. other no other performance has come close to what he does in this. Yeah. No other even leading actor role has come close to what he does as a supporting in this. If he doesn't win, it's a fucking crime. Yeah. And I'm fucking done with the Oscars. <laughs> like nobody, nobody else deserves it. like he smoked everyone you actually like completely took it away like i i had it written down what i was gonna say and it was just like as far like supporting actor lead actor actress doesn't matter period like this is my favorite performance of the year like by far 100 so like damn 100 and uh he fucking killed it and i love lakeith stanfield too and but this dude operated on another level for this film and especially at the end when they show you the real footage of the guy talking mm-hmm he matched his cadence and his like his affection to his voice perfectly. Like if you played clips of the two of them back to back, you would not be able to discern who was who. Like he 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 clearly studied him and learned exactly how to speak like this man. And it is insane how good of a job he does. Like I, I can't say it enough how fucking amazing he is in this. Yeah. The, uh, at this point, the Golden Globes have passed. He won Best Supporting Actor for this. So, good. I give, give him the fucking Oscar. Yeah, I would assume you would get the Oscar also. But I want to come back to like the characters and the acting in a bit. The 
thing, like the actual first point that like I really wanted to hit on though, was just there's historical like biopics that come out all the time. And I think they could get, I don't know if it's stale or just like the way you decide to tell the story could be very like predictable or straightforward. But I love the way they decided to tell this story because you focus on Fred Hampton. Like it's really like what he did, how he brought people together and then the tragedy behind him. But they don't make him the main character. Lakeith Stanfield is actually the main character of this movie. People like, I think they obviously know about it, but it's not like as well known the person behind it. And I think that if you had made Fred Hampton the main character, Fred Hampton's the same character throughout the whole movie. Like he is himself, but they decide, okay, we're going to tell this story. We're going to focus on this other character who is way more conflicted and a lot more complex. And it makes this movie super riveting in my opinion. Oh, dude. Yeah. One of my early notes, this is like not an action movie in the slightest, but this movie, like maybe even more than Tenet, this movie had my adrenaline like jacked up throughout the entire thing. There are so many really good like dramatic scenes and like these really tense fucking moments because like we know the journey that our main character is on, like Keith Stanfield's character. We know what's really going on with him mm -hmm. and talk about a conflicting character like something that I love about his character and it's hard to say quote unquote the way it's written because it is based on like real events I was trying to do like more research on like what was real what's fabricated for the movie like obviously the like, conversations and stuff like that aren't going to be verbatim and certain scenarios aren't going to be exactly how it went down but mm -hmm. uh in terms of like the grand scheme of the movie his character or the guy who like did that it's like I think we're used to seeing in that role, and I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's it's based on a true story. But I mean, I guess I don't, I'm not going to tread lightly. I'm just going to talk openly about the movie. Fuck spoilers, whatever. Usually, you see like that guy who gets pinched by the feds, and then they use him to turn state's witness. Usually, you see throughout that guy is constantly like, "Oh my god, like I can't believe like they're using me like this." Blah blah blah. I feel so guilty. I can't accept, like, I can't do this. Like, no, like I'm going to do like whatever. There's like that kind of turmoil. So you feel for them. Cause you're like, wow, this person is really trapped in this situation. But I feel like with this character, you have moments of that, but also this guy, like he never, he never questioned taking the money. He never questioned, you know, he was happy to give up information and he wasn't like giving up small pieces of information just to keep him off his back and like actually protect the cause. He was just like, yeah, here's everything you need. Here's fucking everything. I'll fucking, I'll do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. But then he, he acts like, oh, I was part of the movement. I was like, you despicable piece of shit. Like, I feel like so often that type of character is painted as you are sympathetic to them because they're in such a difficult situation. Like they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. Mm -hmm. But I feel like him he is damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, but he was also gladly giving up his people. I don't know if he was gladly, but like maybe at first, like because he gets away with jail time and he's cool with that. And then he goes to the guy's house and he's like, oh, how much money you make? And then he's so then he's making money and he's and he's happy that way. But the later on in the movie, I think mainly even like after it's mainly after uh Fred Hampton gets out of jail, like he gets closer to him. And then the decisions he has to make at the end, you realize that he's just like, 
I don't want to be part of this anymore. Like, it's not that I sympathize with them, but it overall just like very tragic stuff for all your characters involved. Because it, it is, it's an upsetting movie, like very upsetting. So like, I really liked what they did with his character. I don't think they like fully, he's definitely the villain of the movie, I would say, either him or Jesse Plemons. But I think, you know, going back to just talking about like writing good antagonists in movies, he is someone that has a lot of layers to him and goes through a range of emotion. And yeah, I mean, I just, I just loved it. And like, if we want to just go back to the acting, as much as we're blowing our loads at Daniel Kaluuya, there's a lot of nuance to Lakeith Stanfield's performance because he's got to fucking swindle his way with everyone he goes, you know, uh, in, you know, interacts with. So he's playing like different yeah. nuanced versions of himself throughout the entire movie. Yeah, he's he's basically playing a character who has to play a character, mm -hmm. like within the movie. Yeah, no, he's awesome in it. Like, definitely don't want to take away from his performance. His performance is also great, but it's it's hard. Like Daniel Kaluuya just steals the scene every time he's on screen. His performance is so charged and fucking like there's just such an energy that he brings when he's on the screen and i think i think that's like a test of, like i think that they did a really good job kind of like honoring the life of like the real guy who like also was a very like charismatic like speaker had had that ability to like capture an audience mm -hmm. i think it's good that yeah lakeith shouldn't have shined against that because as the characters in the movie how could you like you're you're not you're not the chairman you know you're not the center of the story so i thought that that was like a really cool aspect also like i wrote down too because talking about like performances fat damon fucking kills it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i always forget his real name that's jesse clemens yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say he's so good at being like he just seems like an ordinary dude but then like under the surface i'm just like this guy's like fucking menacing or like, I don't even know if menacing is the right word, but it's just like, this guy's f like fucking crazy. Cause he's, he's yeah. Like his of, role in El Camino and stuff. Yeah. I was going to say he's like the same thing in like breaking bad a little bit. And, uh, I didn't like this movie, but that movie, um, I'm thinking of ending things that came out this year. He is a quiet character who under the surface is dealing with shit. And I feel like he's, he's really good at playing that. He does a great job in this movie. I really like, like, it made me think more about his career and the stuff I see him in, because I feel like he's one of those guys that people recognize, but they don't ever know his name, or he'll, like, pop up and stuff, and they'll be like, oh, cool, like, but I think after this, I'm, like, actually, like, you know what? This guy, like, deserves the fucking, the respect of, like, being on watch for him, because he's... He's really good in this. He's really good in a lot of things. I'm like, fuck, this guy is like acts the shit out of it. I will say something though, and this is why I wanted to do more research. Minor negative. Like, I'm glad it didn't play out in certain ways. I wasn't loving that at a certain point in the movie, I was worried that it was going to take on the white savior aspects of things because that is a trope in Hollywood of just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, look, the white guy who was is doing this bad thing actually isn't that bad because, like, you see him kind of questioning Martin Sheen a little bit and being like, oh, like, you're doing this shitty, shady thing mm -hmm. or whatever, or, like, I'm trying to protect this guy. But he's still, I don't know, like, I, I was worried that it's like, oh, they're going to try and paint this fucking FBI agent like, oh, he's actually a good guy. He's not as bad as all of that. I'm like, he's still implicated in the assassination of an innocent man. Like, yeah. 
I was, who was, I was just say, who was fighting for like racial injustice. Like he wasn't like toppling governments and things like that. I mean, they do show things about like militarization and like weapons and stuff like that. But like that's such like a gross misrepresentation of like what the Black Panther Party was like doing. Mm-hmm. And there's so many like flaws in like that storytelling and that narrative around the Black Panther Party. And it, I feel like a lot of that is really damaging. So like, I was really worried when they were showing like that aspect of his character. Like, I don't want to sympathize with him because I don't think what he was doing was right. Yeah. And I felt like they put that in there to make white people feel less guilty about the outcome of the movie. So that that's a little negative for me. I don't even know if I necessarily agree or disagree with, with just like feeling less guilty and stuff. I felt like that one scene in the movie was uh, very relevant, actually. And that's part of why I felt like they put it in. Because, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, there's been a lot of talk of like, you know, like if you stay silent, you're you're just as bad as, you know, other people. Basically, like if you're one of those right. people, it's like, I'm just going to stay out of it. And that's kind of what happens in that scene is like, it seems like it does seem like he disagrees with it, but he stays silent in it and yeah, retroactively end up, ends up getting someone killed. Basically, you know, what is like kind of scary though? Cause we're talking about like uh, decisions they made and stuff with like the script and all that, especially when you compare this to the trial of the Chicago seven, this movie is scarily accurate. Like, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of liberties with the trial of the Chicago Seven. Like, uh, you know, we were talking about even like Fred Hampton being in that movie. Fred Hampton, there's no evidence that Fred Hampton was even at the trial. So, like, that's all just like liberties taken. Mm. But like, for the most part, there was a lot of things in this movie that you're like you're watching. You're like, that feels very cinematic, or that feels very like crazy that that would happen. And it's like hundred percent accurate. Even like, there's uh like dialogue that happens um during that shootout um i don't even know if it's a shootout it was a because it was one way at the end of the movie oh god yeah and like and like the dial that's like ver- verbatim is what they like were said people that were there that's quoted so the movies you know a lot of people that are like the movie comes on it's like uh this movie is like like based on um like real events or, or it's just like uh you know, they they say basically they're just like, yeah, it's like based on events, but it's like a spin. Like this movie is very accurate. So I, I appreciate it for that because I felt like it was didn't hold anything back. But again, like this is it's it's a dark mark, I think, on like our, you know, society or like history or whatever, because it's terrible. And like, I think you you just kind of said it a little bit, but like people, some people talk about the Black Panther Party and like in a negative light, but like this movie does bring a lot of things to light in terms of like what Fred Hampton was doing. And like, he was really bringing a lot of people together, <laughs> even, even people that are like, probably like, like he brought in like a, uh, basically like racist <laughs> to the black Panther party. Yeah. So the rainbow coalition, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah dude. Like it wasn't about, he understood that it wasn't a, a black and white issue. It was a, it was kind of like us versus them. It was like the the system versus poverty. Mm-hmm. And like he was smart in understanding that like uniting the people didn't just mean uniting black people. Like you that that could only go so far. Like you have to you have to be able to like pull pull like the the cover off of everyone's eyes to see what's really happening and like how 
dividing people and making you feel like it's about race just makes that organization weaker because then it's like, yeah, well, if there's, if like all the poor people are fighting each other because these ignorant racist assholes are fighting against the black Panthers for us, then we don't need to worry about it. But if they band together, that's the scariest thing to the system. That's the scariest thing to the people who are in power is that it's when the people at the bottom of the ladder unite and realize that their numbers are a hundredfold to the people in power. That's, that's when you topple. That's when you have a revolution Mm -hmm. and he understood that and he was doing it. And that's why they fucking assassinated him. Yeah. Cause he was a huge threat. Like, like it's perfect. He is the black Messiah. Like they, they could see that like, this guy can mobilize. It's why it's why Martin Luther King was assassinated. It's why Malcolm X was assassinated. Like the fact this movie got me so heated, like because we talked about it in the past with like the Chicago, the trial seven with like the five bloods and stuff like that. How on one hand we want to be like, oh, it's crazy how these things happened in the 70s, yet they're still so relevant. And it's like it's not that it's still relevant. It's that it's still happening. It's still fucking happening. The fact that stuff like this is common knowledge, we know these things happened. We know Malcolm X was killed. We know Martin Luther King was killed. We know all of this shit, but we somehow now in 2021 can't believe that there's a systemic issue here. Like we can't believe our government is capable of such heinous acts. We can't believe that these people, these politicians are infallible now. Like what makes anybody think that we are not capable of doing this same level of fucking human injustice against an entire people. And I don't mean a race. I mean us. I mean, you and me, I mean, fucking everyone on the ground level. I mean, if you're not wearing a suit and walking into your fucking government job pulling the strings, then you are like, like George Carlin has the quote is like, it's a, it's a big old club and you're not invited. That's us. Like we are, we are that level. And it's like, I don't understand how people can like watch these movies or see these things, know them as truths and still can't believe that, there's like, oh, well, no, like there's, you know, there's a reason for it. Like there's, there is no reason for it. Like how on earth does an incident like Breonna Taylor happen? What, why is this okay? Why are, why as a, as a nation do we just let shit like that slide by when we know that this shit has been going on for so long and it still goes on, but we can't believe, we cannot believe these institutions are infallible. Why? <laughs> We can believe it when it's in the movies. Why can't you believe it? Like, what what makes you think anything has changed or anything is better when it clearly isn't? And when people are telling you that it isn't, why are people still not listening? But but we can see it in the movies and we believe it in the movies. Like, it's so infuriating and frustrating. Yeah. When you, going off what you said, like, yeah, this movie, uh, I, w- <laughs> I was with my brother, so we were like, on vacation having a good time but like we said in the car we're like piss me off <laughs> like this movie got under my skin like uh and it, I, it's designed to do that i mean like the story is very upsetting and like at the end of the movie when they kind of do like these are the things that happened to these people after the fact if they were still living like the guy who is judas in this movie they say like 
Yeah, there was a documentary made about this, and the day it aired, he committed suicide because he basically knew, like, everyone was just like, this guy's a scumbag. Yeah, dude, my last note when the movie ended was, I feel awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, not like, I'm like, man, that movie sucked, or, like, that was whatever. Like, I think it, I think you should feel awful. Like, I think you should have to sit with that because it's like, yeah, yeah, fucking recognize. Like, this is this is where we live. Like, this happened here. This is not some shit that happened 100 years ago or whatever. This is shit that happened when our parents were alive. This is shit that happened when our parents were teenagers, you know, or or maybe they were kids or something, but I guess it depends on, like, your age. But, like, this is recent history. This is one generation ago. Yeah. Like, this ain't some... And it's still happening today. It's happening right now. Right fucking now it's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's infuriating. Like, it's it's hard. Like, and, then, like, you know, we've talked briefly about, like, a lot of these, like, issues, which we know we, we're, like, we're a movie podcast. We don't really touch on politics. But last year was such a challenging year. Um, and we definitely didn't want to skirt around it. And also, like, fully acknowledging us not having those life experiences, us being two white males. But I think like the most important thing that like we can do or people like us can do is shut the fuck up and listen and acknowledge that we will never know what it feels like to walk in their shoes. This man was 21 years old. That's a fucking kid, man. Yeah. That's a fucking kid. Dude, like, no, nobody should have to walk around with that level of burden, that awareness of life and death, like hanging over your shoulders at such a young age, man. Like, cause it wasn't just, he started at 21. He'd been going, he's a fucking teenager. He was a child and our government marked him mm -hmm. a fucking kid, man. Like what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. And it, you know what? Like they cut back to, uh, to Jagger Hoover, like basically saying like, I need this guy, like, like eliminated basically. And yeah, it could feel very over the top, but apparently that was like hundred percent accurate. Like I watched a thing and they were just like, no, that's, that's how it was. Like he like really was just like, you got to do something. Prison isn't permanent. Yeah. Getting off of though, I guess like just like the politics and stuff like that, like going back to the movie because I don't know how much more we yeah. want to talk about but there's a lot of just like filmmaking aspects that I did want to talk about with this movie because sure there's a lot more than just like the script and the acting I mean the script and the acting is amazing but like the movie starts up and it's like this one take it's a one take through like the street into a bar and the lighting and I was just like cinematography's on point I was like <laughs> I got so happy right away I was oh, like dude. oh good <laughs> This movie's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, dude. This movie, not only that, like, I feel like the edit in it is, like, really smooth. And I love, like, the music in it. Like, mm -hmm. this, not only, like, the score, but, like, the music that's put into it and the way music plays a role, like, in certain scenes. Like, dude, his comeback speech, that whole scene gave me chills. Yeah. When, like, and that shot of him, like, you're behind him and he's walking up that, like, short staircase up into the room of people who are already chanting for him. And he just takes the stage and immediately he's just like, boom, fired the fuck up. Like it's no ramping up the energy. He just comes out in his energy and like with the drum and he's like, play the people drum. Like, oh my God. Like it's so fucking cool. Like that whole setup 
And you're right. Like, it's not just the script and it's not just the acting. It's, it's everything. It's, uh, like, I think, you know, like what we were talking about, like, maybe you're not sold on the director writer's previous work. Like it's not enough to sell you on it. But I think now, now that this has come out, I think we can see, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be like, Oh, I got to see everything he does. But this definitely put, put me on notice of like, Oh shit. Like this is not just some like nobody who doesn't know what he's doing or is half assing it. Like, I think there was a lot of care taken to this movie. I think they probably knew it was important that they did this story justice because yeah, it looks fucking cool. It moves smooth. Like there's never a dull moment in this movie or I feel like, man, they really should have trimmed that or they should have, they should have paced this differently. Like it, it kept my attention all the way through. And I think a lot of that is knowing how to format and knowing how to, uh, how to make it mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I uh, just going off what you're saying with the director and stuff, though, like can't remember which episode it was, but we talked about like just the director's job, like in its most simplistic form is like you direct everyone else to do their job to the best of their ability. And there's so many scenes in this and in particular, the shootout at the end where Mm -hmm. it's literally just everything is like firing on all cylinders because that scene in particular, like I know this story I know what's going to happen. And I was like so tensed up in my chair because like I knew it was going to happen, but they had done at this point such a good job with the acting, uh, establishing the characters, getting me to care about the characters. Then on top of that, like the sound design is really good on the movie. Like they've done a few shootouts before. And I was like, I am like, I don't want to see this on top of like the cinematography. Like I think they have that one shot where it's like, over the top of them. And oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like everything comes together in this movie to just make the it's there's very few negatives I have on the movie. I haven't even mentioned one yet. There's like two small ones I have, but yeah, just overall, like almost every like sequence of this movie, I'm just like everything about this is like so good. And uh yeah, I mean, the next time a movie comes out and they're like, yeah, it's written directed by Shaka King. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to see that for sure. Like, he killed it with his his last movie. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if I want to just go into like a few negatives, like, like I said, they're nitpicks. I can't even say that this is really a negative, but Daniel Kaluuya is just so goddamn good that I just wanted more of him, <laughs> but it's not his movie. So I was just like, yeah, I was just like every time he wasn't on screen, I was like, All right, just get back to him. And then, the only other thing, like, I think the second act slows a little bit. I think it it's it comes down a little bit, and that's when he's, like, in jail, and he's dealing with his kid, and there there was some stuff, like, sometimes where I was just like, okay, like, let's, let's pick this back up. But, like, when it picks back up, the third act is, like, you're on the edge of your seat, the third act. And the first act yeah, is... the whole time. Is, yeah, and the setting up of all the characters in the first act, I was, like, super riveted. So it's almost just, like, the second act probably by design is is just like a dip in the momentum to basically be like you can catch your breath here but then we're gonna fucking <laughs> we're, we're gonna destroy you in about 20 minutes yeah they knew they knew it was in what you were in for so they're like we gotta give them a palate cleanse because it's gonna be like it's gonna be too much man people aren't gonna believe this is what really happened yeah because it does seem like you said it seems like it's cinematic but like the fact that this is like 
this is real. This is real history. Like this is all stuff. Like there's articles, like there's, there's news coverage of this stuff. Like it's, there's footage of these people. Like this is real shit. Like this isn't some just Hollywood bullshit story. Like this is, this really happened in this country. Not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's fucking crazy, but yeah, I can, I can kind of see what you mean about like the middle. It really didn't bother me. Like, I also feel like the runtime is like really fair on this. Like it's not too long. Like didn't overstay its welcome at all. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you could necessarily cut much out of that middle, but yeah, maybe maybe just like shorten shorten up a scene or two if you had to. But even that for me, I'm like, nah, nothing really stood out to me as like why are we looking at this right now or why are we focusing on this right now? But yeah, like like you said, like not having Daniel Kaluuya on on screen. It when he's giving such an amazing performance is is definitely like gonna make you be like oh man yeah this isn't nearly as interesting because like he's just so fucking good that you can't get enough of him in this movie but I like I like that he is used as as a supporting in this like I like you said that that frame of storytelling is really interesting and I think it makes his character have a little bit more like gravity to him yeah obviously if you can tell I re- I really like this movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, I want to know how the critics and the fucking audience liked the movie. I want to know them tomato tomatoes. Oh, okay, okay. I'll give you, I'll give you them ripe ones. <laughs> I'll give you them ripe, them ripe bad boys. <laughs> uh, tomato, tomato, tomato. The critics they're bringing this in at a ninety-six percent. Okay, is that an A or is that it's a like, plus? It's an A. It's an A. Okay. Audience tomato that is at a ninety-five percent. So basically the same. Yeah, 96 and 95. Cool. So for the sake of just being a positive Pete, I'm going to go tomato. Mm-hmm. And I'm dead on. I gave it an A. Same. Tomato A. Tomato A. Tomato A. <laughs> tomato A. The Fonzie special. That's the yeah. Fonzie special. We both gave it an A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really like this one. Me too. This possible duty contender for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Possible. We'll see. We're only a couple weeks away from the duties, but I'm glad that this is in. This is the first movie of 2020 where I was just like, well, I guess we talked about it with like Trial of Chicago 7, but that one I feel like we were more like, yeah, I can see this getting like Oscar nominations. This one I'm like, it's getting an Oscar nom. It has to. Yeah. It, it really does like, have to. It, it's such a standout for the year, I think. I, th- like, I on, think it is. On too. Daniel Kaluuya's performance alone, like it, this has to get attention you know uh again going back to the trial of the chicago seven that one i'm pretty sure that one best screenplay mm. at the golden globes i think okay. i like i think i like this better as a screenplay like i think the dialogue is great in the trial of chicago seven but i think it is great here also maybe it's getting dinged a little bit because i'm you know sure they took like the speeches of his verbatim um yeah close to it but yeah i i really loved this because as much as I like the trial of the Chicago seven, I just feel like I just like connected so much more with the characters in this. Like it, this movie is much more character driven than I think the Chicago seven is not to say that it isn't either, because I think when we did that episode, we talked about like, yeah, there's a lot of characters, but like you really like you find out things as, as like the movie goes on and stuff like that. And, but yeah, this, this one for me, like I was just thinking about, I was like, I know the Chicago seven, just one screenplay, but I think I like Judas more. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really like there's there's a there's multiple Oscars that I could see this winning. Yeah. 
we will see soon enough. We don't even know who's nominated at this point for Oscars, but if this isn't in the talks, then I don't know what the fuck is going on because nothing else this year has really stood up to uh, to like this level like across the board. So we will see, but no spoilers for the duties because, like I said, that's coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got one more movie, I believe, to review before the duties. Mm-hmm. Another one that's been getting a lot of award talk. Possible, possible another best picture nom. Who knows? We will see. We will, who knows? We'll talk about it. But best way to know when that stuff is happening for us is to subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. You can follow myself at Sky Two Dudes if you if you really like. I've been recently posting more movie related memes <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> I've been posting more memes. Um, you can follow me at Colin Two Dudes. I've been posting less things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I basically posted that oh. I went to Star Wars Land like two, a week ago, and that was it. Yeah, I've been just posting like pictures of me and my girlfriend, and then my stories are just like, "Here's a dumb joke about a movie star." <laughs> sometimes you send me uh memes though and they're just fire like the one you sent me it was like well it's like christian bale gained 200 like 50 000 pounds to play the sandworm in dune <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude's committed yeah and then, i think my response to that was just like it's oscar bait <laughs> yeah that's all you said is oscar bait <laughs> and the one did you see the one i sent before that one uh, well, it's, it's real dumb. Go to your, go to your Instagram messages. You didn't respond to it, so I'm like, oh, maybe you didn't see it. <laughs> Either I didn't see it or I saw it. And I was like, that is stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. It is so stupid. The see. Matt Damon one I sent you. Oh yeah, you did. You did. I did see this one. <laughs> just got Matt Damon's face on it, and then it's a guy. And it's just like, but they will never buy a zoo. And then it's the cover of the Matt Damon. It's like we bought a zoo, and he's just spitting out his whatever cereal. <laughs> it's like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like I love I love these like really like the dumbest level of memes. Some <laughs> I, good stuff right there. I uh, that movie poster that they use all the time. I love because there's like some great like Photoshop jobs on it. Cause there, I'm pretty sure there's one where he's got like a vape in his hand and, it's, and like the title of the movie is just like, we bought a vape or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There was something else I saw with that movie poster, but anyway, man, it was, I'm, I'm anyway, we're, we're getting, we're getting dumb. Oh, you know, we're getting, we're getting off the rails into to meme talk. You, I was going to say though, you, you want to, you want to hear dumb? Yeah. I think we talk about this. Always. Happy Gilmore two is greenlit. Very worried. <sighs> All right, we don't. We I, we actually don't have time for this. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave it for next time. No, I mean we don't have time for this fucking movie. If they're, oh. if they're really doing, it. we don't have time for any of it ever. Well, there's never a time. Yeah, man, I hope that's not true. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that on next week's episode. But until then, fucking suck it, you swampies. Snyder cut can suck a dick. <laughs> CGI one big CGI chode <laughs>